Welcome again, everybody. Um, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, thank you. Um, we're so excited to be kicking off the Faith Stories um, for summer of 2018. And I'm glad to see so many of you here. We have um, so many, I'm so excited for all the great speakers we have lined up for you this year. You're gonna uh, learn a lot about what God has been doing in the lives of um, people who attend uh, Church at Faith here. It's, it's gonna be very exciting. Um, so. What I'd like to do right now is just um, pray for our speaker and to open us up, and then um, I'll introduce Mark and we'll get started. So, Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much for this morning that you've given to us. Thank you for this church and for each and every person um, you've brought here this morning. I pray for Mark that you would be with him as he shares how you, he's seen you at work in his life. Father, I pray for each of us who are listening that you would just open our, our hearts to hear um, what you have to say to us today through Mark. And thanks again for his willingness to share his story with us. I pray these things in your name. Amen. So uh, this morning, our speaker is Mark West. Um, he has been married to his wife, Nancy, for 30 years, and he works in the computer industry. He's been here at Faith Church since October of 1986. And he is involved in quite a few things. Right now, he's the chairman of the elder board. He is a small group leader working with the high schoolers. And he also helps prepare communion. So please welcome Mark West. So first of all, we should thank Anne-Marie for all the work she's done to coordinate this class. Because it's not that she just stood up here and read that little thing. She's met with each one of the speakers like for an hour, an hour and a half to get us straight and get us on track and to get her notes put together. So thank you, Anne-Marie, for all of your work. All right, so I have about an hour, hour and a half I can go? No? <laughs> Jerry, you're not laughing. <laughs> Jerry's just looking at me like, are you kidding? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's why that look. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks so much. So faith stories. So the question we were to answer is, how have I seen God at work in my life? And by the way, can everybody hear fine? What the? Okay. Good. Yes. <laughs> All right. So. Um, you know, and I've seen God work in my life in, in a number of different ways, and he's been so good to me, but what gets me most excited is how God has uh, given me opportunities to share his truth with others. And so that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. But first of all, let me just uh, introduce myself. Um, as you heard, I'm, I've been here at Faith Church since 1986, um, and, you know, that's you know, a story in and of itself, but it was here that I met my wife, Nancy, and, uh, and we got married here at Faith. Okay, I'll, I got some pictures. So, yeah. so any of you here when we had the old sanctuary and the red carpet and everything, so that's, that is it. We were married right here at Faith Church. Uh, Pastor, senior pastor George Kenworthy officiated. Actually, um, Dave Rodriguez started our marriage counseling, um, but then we uh, transferred over to George. And, uh, and then we were able to join a, a wonderful newly married class here at Faith, and, and it's just been a very 
special place for us. Um, I had the opportunity then to get involved with Pioneer Boys. That was the program we had before Awana program started. And, uh, and then probably almost 20 years ago, I got started with um, youth, senior high, youth ministry. So let me put the picture up. Sorry, the cable's not long enough, so I gotta keep going back and forth, but. So, so I've, uh, it's, it's been a, a passion of mine working with the youth and, and over the years then I've served on the deacon board and the elder board and such so it uh, but then you might say well how how did you find out about faith church and and the short answer is the yellow pages <laughs> and, and literally it was there were um, uh, one of the guys on my floor in college he had a sister there on campus too, and they just raved about their, their church back home. And they were from Minneapolis, and they went to a need free church. So I had been around Indianapolis visiting a number of different churches for, what would that have been, like four or five months, and nothing really connected with me. And so I opened up the Yellow Pages because I remember <laughs> my friends from college, and I looked under churches, evangelical free churches, and there was one listed and that was Faith Missionary Church, and that's how I ended up at Faith. So um, I was born in um, Kokomo, Indiana. I was just talking to Bob and Betty and didn't realize they were from Kokomo until just now. <laughs> and uh, so I was born in Kokomo. Here, I'll put a picture up. before my younger brother was born. So I actually was born from a, a family of five um, kids. And, um, you know, it, it really, our, our family was just a good moral family. Went to church, although I don't remember the Bible being preached to that church. I should recruit you to change the slides for me. You want to? Yes, that'd be great. <laughs> so there you go. Just hit the space bar when you need to go. So, yeah, ready for the next one. It is. So, really, my, my faith story starts with my dad's because when he was age 40, he had a um, bleeding intestinal ulcer that he almost died from. And um, uh, as I recall, he had six blood units of blood transfusion. I mean, he was in bad shape. And uh, before what? I have no idea, Brian. <laughs> he asked, was that before Tagana, an acid blocker? And probably it was, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it really made my dad start thinking about, well, what's after this life? You know, what's, and what's the purpose of this life? And um, so he started visiting churches, and, and he found a a Baptist church that was Bible preaching and he heard the gospel and he received Christ and and then the family started going to that church with him and and I clearly remember in in fourth grade I um, heard the gospel clearly presented in Sunday school 
class and uh, prayed to receive Christ. And so that's my uh, faith story of how I came to be a Christian. Uh, there at that church, they had a great middle school program. So I got involved, I think they started in fifth grade, and so I got involved in that real quickly, and they just were really good about, um, I remember they, they would have his journal. So do devotions and journaling and prayer, and, and just uh, it really was so good to help me grow in my faith. And then they had a good senior high youth program. Um, and so probably that's why I have a, a passion for, for the youth ministry is because my experience in, uh, in the youth ministry. So then I went to Q. Then I went to Letourneau University. It's a Christian non-denominational school down in uh, Longview, Texas, which is northeast Texas. Um, after my first job uh, out, of, out of university, I, I came to Indianapolis, so that's how I ended up in Indianapolis. Um, I decided that I'd attend Letourneau because I wanted to go to a Christian school, one. I wanted to go to a school that had a, a good engineering program, an accredited engineering program, and quite frankly, back then, that was the only one that I found. And also, it was familiar territory. My brother had went there a few years earlier. My folks had gotten to know some of the um, people in the administration there at the university. So, uh, but, you know, the... Letourneau University has quite the legacy. Some of you may have read R.G. Letourneau's book, A Mover of Men and Mountain. I look probably toward the older crowd here, but uh, uh, it's actually Tom Waltz is not in here. He was, he was telling me about how his parents talked about it. Um, but uh, actually they were very good friends with uh, R.G., or with, he's R.G., with uh, Billy Graham. And um, so R.J. Letourneau, he, he had an eighth grade education, but he was a, uh, became a businessman. He was a prolific inventor. He had over 500 patents to his name. So that doesn't mean drop out of school, kids. Keep going. <laughs> because you were looking at me. <laughs> uh, so... Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I'm really proud of the legacy of uh, Letourneau University. Um, you know, one of his hallmark things was he lived on 10% and gave 90% of his income to ministry. So I, I have the privilege of uh, still serving on advisory council with the university. So I get back there a couple times a year. And uh, it's, it once again was another phase of my life that God, you know, just really helped me grow in my faith. Um, being in that in that environment, so Q. There, so this is my wife Nancy. Um, there's probably a lot of you, and actually the youth asked me if I'm married, um, but there's probably a lot of you who haven't met my wife, and and that's because um, uh, she struggles with um, chronic headaches. She has allergies of, of a variety of kinds, from food allergies to, you know sensitivities to perfumes, cologne smells, all these, and, and she's actually allergic to our church building now. And so uh, if she came, and she does come some to help with preparing communion, but she lasts about 20 minutes and she, she starts getting a terrible headache from it. So, so you don't see her around here um, much at all. 
Um, and, you know, we've, we've been married for 30 years, and I love her to death. We, uh, we don't have any kids, also, really, because of the, her medical issues. And, uh, but we do have a dog. <laughs> and, I, and I was going to just put the one picture of her up, and then it's like, well, no, someone might just accuse that I, I pulled some stock photo out and <laughs> said, that's my wife. <laughs> so I had to put one up with me in the picture, too. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, so she, her life really revolves around her, you know, her medical, and she, she literally goes to the doctor to get temporary relief on a daily basis to get muscle work done and those types of things. And, and you know, praise the Lord that that care is available and that we have the resources to be able to, to uh, afford that. And, you know, we You know, we, we find comfort that uh, someday she'll have a new body. No longer have to struggle with, uh, with those elements. So, so, wow, that was about 13 minutes, and that was the introduction. So, see, an hour? All right. <laughs> well, let me transition to just talking about experiences that, that I've had to share God's good news with others. Um, you know, some scriptures that come to, to mind are, I think that was the end of my photos, isn't it? Oh, what is the one more? Oh, missions. Yes. Oh, well, yes, this is exactly where I'm going. Thank you. So, so but the uh, scriptures, um, some scriptures that come to mind, Matthew uh, 5, uh, 14, 15, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the stand, it gives light to all in the house. So, you know, our lights are to be clearly visible and uh, be held high like on a lampstand and, and um, so that all in the house can see it. And, you know, Jesus made it very clear in Acts that uh, he wants us to be his witnesses. So we call it the uh, Great Commission. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So we're, we have a job to do while we're here on earth. Uh, one of the areas where I've had lots of opportunity, ample opportunity of, of uh, sharing the gospel with, uh, with others is on missions trips. And so these are some of the youth missions trips that I've been on. Um, and I could, I think there's, well, I've been to, and these are all with our youth here at Faith Church, Mexico twice, Dominican Republic, Haiti, Nicaragua, Peru, England, Poland, Spain. Um, and as I think about it, uh, in the Latin American countries was, um, was the area where we experienced most seeing God moving hearts, and, and Maggie's just beaming over here because I've been on several of these trips with Maggie, and, and I still remember Maggie the first trip, and you were so... <laughs> okay, we won't go there. No, but, but no, I, I will. I'll brag on Maggie. Her, the first trip, she was so nervous about going out and doing evangelism, and now she's just a star at it. So, yeah. But uh, some of the... Some of the uh, stories there I remember in in Peru, we um, we 
we're out visiting door to door in a very poor area of the of the um, outskirts of the city, and I mean poor, you know, houses with dirt floors and that type of a thing. And and there's one family that we went to uh, a house, and it was an elderly couple. And uh, you know, we stopped and we we talked with them, and learned that they were Mormons, um, and that was because there had been a Mormon missionary there a few years earlier that that uh, had uh, stopped and, and converted them. And so we shared the gospel with them, but they, they didn't see a need to, you know, receive, the, receive Christ. They, they had their way through uh, their beliefs through Mormonism. But, you know, we came back a couple of days later and, uh, to visit them again, and that time their adult son, Cesar, was there. And, and so in the conversation, we took the opportunity to share the gospel with him. And he didn't, you know, make a decision to accept Christ. But at the end of the week, they invited us to come back and have lunch at their house. And you got to realize, these people are very poor. And so they, they put on a nice lunch. You know, they had chicken and so on, which that was quite a financial drain for them. And you, actually, if you have observed, none of them ate anything. It was all for the guest. And... Um, but at the end of the meal, we took the opportunity to ask Cesar <coughs> again about, you know, what do you think about our conversation last time? And, uh, and asked if uh, he, he wanted to receive Christ, and he prayed to receive Christ that day. Uh, so, so that was, and, you know, I could go on with those Latin American trips. Literally, we'd come back each day and be like, out of the team, there'd be, a half dozen, you know, stories of so-and-so came to Christ. And uh, so those are very fond memories. There's nothing, um, to me, more exciting than to have the opportunity to lead someone to Christ. So it's, uh, it's a real thrill. Then I think of uh, our trip to England, and First uh, Peter 3.15 comes to mind. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it in gentleness and respect. You know, England is a very post-Christian culture, which is where we're getting close to. Um, so we didn't have that type of experience. In fact, the whole trip, we didn't have one person who, you know, made a decision to receive Christ. Uh, but we had plenty of opportunities to go and plant seeds. So I remember one time we were doing street evangelism and, and there was a lady, young lady who was sitting on, on a bench in the, in the park and um, went over and sat down, started up a conversation with her. And, and you know, she, she was clearly an, an atheist. She didn't believe in God. But we had a really good conversation about her worldview on a whole number of topics. And, and that opened the door, though, to share what I believe, a Christian worldview. No, she didn't pray to receive Christ, but we were fulfilling what we're called to do, which is share. So, um, in fact, I, I know this isn't in the notes, but I remember Tristan, Tristan Davis. He was very down that day um, because he tried to go get conversations started with some people out there doing the street evangelism. And, and so he and I prayed together, and then, and then we had the opportunity to, to uh, sit down with an older gentleman and, 
and uh, sort of the same experience, but uh, that was a real encouragement to Tristan to get to actually go and, and get into a spiritual conversation and share the gospel with someone there. Um, you know, for me, it's such a great comfort, and this is a good example of, it's such a great comfort to me that, you know, my job isn't to go and persuade someone to become a Christian. My job is to go and share the good news. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to draw someone to Christ. And that is such a comfort to me because, you know, I've had many a time that it's like, oh, man, I did that great, and there was no response. Or it's like, I don't know how they ever even followed what I was saying, <laughs> but they prayed to receive Christ. So, um, so that's my encouragement there. That uh, uh, there's then there's um, uh, so some other scriptures that come uh, to mind. No one specifically along that line. John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. I will raise them up in the last day. So un unless he draws them. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. So um, just remember that. Sharing the gospel is, is what our job is. The Holy Spirit's job is to draw them to him. Um, and sharing the gospel just isn't for missions trips. So... You can just blank the screen, hit the space bar, and there you go. <laughs> um, I think of uh, my neighbor. So I have a neighbor, um, Ron, who um, I love him, and he's a friend. Um, he's, he's a delightful guy. He's a lot of fun to be around. And, and he started up, this was probably 10 years ago, he started up a, a game night and invited all the people around us in the neighborhood on our cul-de-sac and and so everybody was showing up the first couple months and and uh, we were having lots of fun together playing pool or whatever games he dreamed up he was he's so creative and um but then as time went along it kept dwindling and dwindling down to where it was just nancy and i over at ron's house on uh, thursday nights i think we i'd go over there after youth group to have game night with ron uh but you know, I was, I was really purposeful about, okay, this is an opportunity to go and build a relationship. And, and uh, there was even one, one night, Nancy turned in, went back to the house, and, and I stayed because I just felt like, you know, maybe, maybe tonight's, you know, the opportunity to get into that conversation with him. And, and sure enough, you know, it was probably... 2 a.m. in the morning, and I was, you know, still there, and we got in, and we started talking about, you know, spiritual things, and I laid the gospel out to Ron, and, and um, he, he had questions, you know, he had questions about, well, how's that fair, and, you know, all of these things, and, and to this day, he has not received Christ, but um, once again, you know, I shared, and, um, and I pray that, you know, uh, he will come to know Christ. And, and I continue to seek those opportunities to, to go and, and uh, have those spiritual conversations again. You know, in, in my workplace, I've had 
plenty of opportunity as well, um, even in this day and age. I had a, a boss who was um, in, a, in a gay lifestyle and actually very proud of it, and, and still is to this day, my previous boss. And, you know, there were others that made fun of him behind its back. And I'd try to, you know, put a good word in for him. And, and he knew just from my conversations that, uh, Mark, you're a, you know, you're a man of faith. And there was actually a time that we had a meeting. You got to realize, you know, IBM has people spread all over. So my boss was remote. He was like in New York and I'm here in Indianapolis. And, but we were at this one meeting and, and, um, and he pulled me aside, and, and we went into a side hallway, and he's like, Mark, can you pray for me? So, um, and I can talk about, you know, gentleman in Germany driving five hours with him in the car. He was, he was PhD in high energy physics. He didn't believe in God, doesn't believe in God. He knows how the world works, you know, through his, his knowledge. And, but I had took the opportunity to lay the gospel out to him. What's the Christian worldview? So planting the seeds, um, had the opportunity with Florin in Bucharest to just in the, from the airport to the hotel. He, was, he picked me up at the airport and driving me and just started to talk to him and ask him about himself, first time I ever met him. And, uh, you know, it, it seemed there was something off, and, and I learned that his, his wife had brain cancer. And uh, he actually, uh, you know, was concerned that his, his two young kids were going to be without a mother. Uh, so I started sharing the hope of Christ with him. And he's like, yes, I know. <laughs> and so we've continued to have that bond um, over the last couple of years that, that I just had uh, spoken into his life. I, I travel a bit on planes. I had the opportunity to uh, sit next to a young lady who um, she, you know, I, I, oh, she probably had a textbook or something. I asked her, well, what, you know, what are you studying? And, and her dreams were to work at the UN. She wanted to make a difference in the world through the United Nations. And, you know, that led into a great opportunity to get into a deep conversation. And, and um, you know, because I laid out some of the Christian views of, well, you know, the wickedness of man's heart and such, and she was Muslim, well, so then, or she told me she was Muslim, and so then I started asking her sincere questions about that, well, what, what does this mean, and, you know, what's your belief there in, in a Muslim uh, worldview, and, and um, really, she was a Muslim by birth, her father had been a Muslim, she didn't believe in Islam in any she didn't even know what, what, what the beliefs were, quite frankly. But um, we got off the plane, and, and uh, I was actually just looking at my phone, looking to see what my next gate was or something. And, and she actually came up to me and said that because of our conversation, I'm, I'm going to go and try to visit a church again. And I know I'm running out of time. So... So how to, how to do it, and, and I've had the opportunity, I guess I will though take this one, I've had the opportunity just right here in Indianapolis with waiters, waitresses to, if I go back to a restaurant multiple times, to get into some deep conversations with them. And I can name off names of Darren and Jenny, or, uh, Jimmy and Kristen and, and uh, Kaylee, and 
and there's just um, opportunities if you take the advantage of it to just ask the, you know, show interest and ask questions that uh, that you can get into some really good conversations, uh, which open up the opportunity to share the gospel. So, how do you do it? You know, first of all, I say don't be afraid. For two reasons. One is the Holy Spirit does the drawing. So don't don't worry about your persuasiveness. <laughs> uh, number two is that there are many, many hurting people out there that they're amongst crowds of people, but they're lonely, and they sure appreciate someone showing interest in them. So First Timothy 1.7, uh, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. So maybe you're afraid of, you know, breaking a relationship or, or experiencing some retribution for, you know, sharing your faith. I've not experienced that. Um, and I think when you do it out of that love and gentleness, as we heard uh, Pastor Joey and Jeff talking about through the Flourish series, um, I think people appreciate. And think about it. If we've got the greatest news on earth, and we don't share it with someone, I would feel that's more hateful or <laughs> doing that person a disservice than saying sharing the good news with them and, and uh, them becoming offended. So another thing that I do is just I, I observe anything in particular. Um, so, like the UN girl, she had a textbook, started a conversation around that. Um, you know, anything from, you know, a shopping bag, or, or if someone has an accent, you know, that's a great, oh, where are you from? Uh, to another one that I, I find, and some of you will laugh, is, is tattoos are an absolutely great way to get into some deep conversation, because you have, you see a tattoo and you can ask them about it and, and many, most of them always have some story behind it and a lot of them a deep story. You know, like, oh, that's, that's, the, you know, that's my mother's name or something and she died or whatever it might be, you know. Or you see, or you see you know, all the crazy tattoos and there'll be scripture memory verse. And, uh, and so uh, you can get into some it opens the door to take advantage of getting into some good conversations. So ask questions and, and, and ask them really being interested. Like the UN girl, I, I was asking her questions about her beliefs of, in Islam. Was it sincere actually wanting to better understand, you know, what their beliefs were? And, um, and you'll be amazed at how quickly, when you're sincere like that, you can build trust and they open up and start telling you things just within 15, 20 minutes that uh, you're like, wow, that, that, that was a stranger, you know, 15 minutes ago. So, uh, and, and listen for their pain. Like I said, there's, there's so much pain out there in the world, so many hurting people. And I, I'm always amazed at how um, non-Christians make it through life. There's a lot of tough things in life, and, and we're doing it with Christ and his help and his strength, but uh, there's those without him. So, um, And when I get those 
you know, ask them those questions, show that interest. It's um, take it to that deeper level by, you know, sort of getting behind, you know, their answers. And what are their dreams, their aspirations? And, and it's, it's very effective for me on how to, how to get into a, a deeper conversation, which then means now I have my duty of sharing the Christian good news. And uh, another thing is, just like you go and talk about your kids, you got to go shuffle them off to sports, you've got this going on at work, talk about, I didn't say weather, sorry, Randy. Uh, <laughs> talk about, hey, I've got youth group on Wednesday night. You know, yeah, I volunteer with the youth group. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm surprised by coworkers, they're like, oh, yeah, you're a church guy, aren't you? Or you're a Bible guy. And it's like, how do they even know? I guess that I, I just talk about my ministry and church um, just like anything else in my life. And uh, so I very much encourage you to do that. You know, tomorrow, Mondays, you're going to get, how was your weekend? How many times do you say, you know what? We had a great sermon on Sunday morning. It's an opportunity, isn't it? Oh, you can, or even if you're not that bold, just say, oh, yeah, I was, you know, we did such and such on Saturday and Sunday, went to church. It opens doors because just like, you know, I said, coworkers identifying me as, you know, a, a church guy, it's probably because I just make those comments in my conversation. So, so start doing that tomorrow. I challenge you. So in conclusion, you know, be intentional, but not forced. Um, that means actively think about how you can turn a conversation to spiritual things. So when I was talking to the UN girl, you know, sure, I was, I was asking sincere questions, but then I thought in my mind, okay, Lord, how do I go and just give me the boldness to go and start sharing, okay, well, this is, this is what I believe about that. And that's the beautiful thing is when you're asking them, about their beliefs and stuff, it, it's automatically an opportunity for you to go and share what you believe, because you've listened to them. So, um, but there's also many times that I'll have to admit that I've been selfish, and, and I know, I'm watching Richard, I'm three minutes over. <laughs> I saw you look at your watch. <laughs> um, you know, that I've gotten onto a plane and I've opened up my laptop and started working instead of taking the time to go and have conversation with that person next to me. So it does mean that we have to be intentional. And the final thing is that I would encourage you to go back and listen to the, uh, the sermon series that we just went through, Flourish. You know, Pastor Joey and Jeff had a lot of good suggestions on how to relate to our culture. And uh, those are recordings out there through the website that you can get to and, and listen to those. So open it up for questions. Yes, Randy. Do you remember how old you were when you realized you had the spiritual gift? I think it is a spiritual gift. When I realized it was a spiritual gift was, you know, sometime in the last decade, probably, you know, I, um, and that was probably just because Faith Church was going through, hey, what are your spiritual gifts? So stop and think about it. 
Um, actually, you know, I mentioned about senior high. We, in our senior high youth group, we actually did evangelism explosion. So I got the opportunity to, and some of you might not know what that is, but it's, a, it's an evangelism method of, of all the way from how do you go and start that spiritual conversation, the two diagnostic questions, anyone who's been through EE know those. You know, if you were to die today and you're standing before God and he was to ask you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? And, uh, but, uh, and do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven, I guess is the first one. Um, so that's where my first experience was, was all the way back probably junior in high school, uh, going and, and learning how to share the, how to present the gospel and, and uh, practicing it, um, getting in any, they pair you up and you go out and get the opportunity to share. Yes. How do I deal with people to, uh, that I'm related to? So family. How would I deal with, with family? Yeah, it, and it's true. Um, um, you know, you, you can be around family all the time, so it's like, oh, wait, well, how do I go and get into that conversation? Um, once again, you know, your, your ministry, your involvement in church, let it be known. Um, and even though that they're family and you know, supposedly know what's going on, really try to understand what is going on in their lives. You know, I have two brothers, two sisters, and probably, you know, there's a whole lot that I don't know about their lives right now. Um, and, and thank the Lord, um, my family are Christians. But uh, once again, you know, they're, they're probably hurting and listen and you know empathize with with what they're going through and, and then be intentional about you know taking what you learn there where their pains and their concerns or their dreams are at and relating them back to a christian worldview and and share the hope that we have through christ yeah nick Yeah. So the question is, sorry, I forgot to repeat the first question. So the question is, uh, what about sharing not only with bosses or coworkers, what about subordinates? Um, and yes, I've, I've been in that situation. I never, I, I never stopped to think about it differently. You know, it's just, this is, this is my life. This is, and these are my beliefs. And so, yes, my subordinates knew where I stood, and I've, I've had, you know, I had a Muslim working for me, I had a Hindu working for me, I had Mormon working for me. Um, they knew that I was a Christian, and they knew what Christianity meant to me. Um, and it wasn't because I was forcing them. Once again, I'm not, I don't, I don't ever approach it as I'm trying to persuade someone. I'm sharing the good news, and the Holy Spirit's going to do the drawing and the persuading. And so there shouldn't be any pressure on anyone's part that, oh, wow, Mark's really putting that pressure. Because your point is, oh, do those subordinates feel that, oh, 
if I don't, you know, say yes to Mark, then it might show up on my performance review or something. Yeah. So I think it's probably more about the, the way that you approach it. Other questions? Okay, the only one, yes, John. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and in the family thing, the thing that's so much difficult there is that they they see all your downsides too, right? <laughs> and uh, so so being transparent, just like parents, and I'm not a parent, so I can talk like I'm an expert, and not get any barbs thrown at me. But you know, I hear about you know, go and seek forgiveness from your child when you've done something wrong with them. You know, so the same thing with family. Admit when you've been wrong. And uh, so, another question. Oh. Yeah, well, the Florin uh, in Bucharest, he, he actually lives, his family lives in Germany. And, and thank the Lord, she, I guess I didn't share this. So the story is that they moved to Germany and got her additional medical treatment, and she's in remission now. So, uh, so actually, he sent me an instant message on Friday, you know. So we continue that. There was another lady on a plane that I started a conversation with her, and, and she was with LA Fitness, and I think her job was going and opening up new LA Fitness um, centers, and so she was flying all the time, and and uh, and I I laid out the the gospel to her, and she said, you know, well, actually, I became a Christian two years ago, but Right now, I'm going through a divorce with my husband. He's divorcing me. And uh, so, you know, so that's a, you know, a 90-minute opportunity there of encouraging her and such. But, um, and then, um, you know, I, I can think of, you know, Brian, a, a co-worker who now is a different company. You know, he's, he's a Christian. Matt, who's a co-worker of mine, he's a Christian, and we... We support one another all the time in the context of work and, and you know, just, oh, yeah, that was said or done or and um, trying to encourage each other there. She called from one more question. <laughs> all right, well, thank you. So... I'll turn it back over to Anne-Marie. Yes, thank you, Mark, for sharing this morning and, and for being the first to, to start us off this year. Um, 
We have, well, I have one announcement that I forgot to make before. Um, I have a sign-up sheet for um, morning snacks, so I'll just start passing that around, and you can pass it around while we do the discussion questions, which you will also find on your tables. So there should be a couple copies. If you need more, I have a few more. Um, I can pass them around the back. Um, but yeah, just take a few minutes to discuss the questions at your table, and then um, I will close us in prayer at the end. I hope everyone's had a chance to discuss the questions on the table. I hope it's led to some good discussions. I know we had a, a good discussion at my table. Um, so I'm just going to uh, close us in prayer. And just a preview for next week, John and Liz Crocker will be speaking on two pastoral perspectives. And I know they have a lot of good things to share, so I hope you'll be back for that. So Heavenly Father, thank you again uh, for, for this morning and for this chance to just come and listen to what you've been doing in, in Mark's life and, and for us to just think about how, um, how we can be sharing the gospel with people. Father, I pray you'd be opening up our eyes to opportunities and that we would take those opportunities and, and that your word and your truth would go out, Father. Uh, I just pray for everyone here. Thank you for bringing them here today. And I just pray that we might glorify you and, and all we do this week as we go out from here, Father. Amen. Thank you. Hope to see you next week. <laughs>